Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of The Season Keepers, the show where the only two people we recommend keeping for the season is us. My name's Matt, a.k.a. Clean Sheet Wipeout. My name's James, a.k.a. Piatra. That was funny. I mean, Zoom has just told us that there's a recording in progress, so I've, I've never had that before. Put us a bit off, really. Yeah, it did a little bit. <laughs> I mean, she had, a, she had an interesting voice, but uh, I'll yeah, save that one for later. FPL drug. Um, <laughs> settled down now, but that tickled me. Um, <laughs> yeah, a, another big week in FPL. Obviously, uh, a lot of us had to hit our way to a, to a team this week. Oh, I know. Yeah, tell me about it. I had to. Well, I hit my way to um, having twelve, but then obviously in the end, I needed Matty Target off the bench anyway. So yeah, minus four got me eleven players. And for me, a minus eight didn't even get me eleven. With um, obviously Jota's injury, which we uh, found out past the deadline. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and he's out. He's out for the season. Not good. Could have told us about it in the press conference, couldn't he? Yeah, exactly. Could have done with that that info, but the bastard kept it to himself. I know, and I saw there was quite a lot of people had free hits, Um, and you know, people were gambling on Man City. You know, throwing in Mares, Foden, Diaz. You know, triple ups and whatnot, and then yeah, Jota for Man City to go absolutely wild with their team selection, and obviously that then brings us on to the uh, the first game of the week, which was Newcastle three, Manchester City four. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we expected that as a result, but we also uh, didn't expect Scott Carson to start. Scotty fucking Carson. Oh, unbelievable! <laughs> Feels like he's been around for forever. I remember him being, I think, at Leeds ages ago. Um, and, he, and before that, he was, I think, either semi-pro or at the very least, like kind of national league level. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, correct me, people, if I'm wrong, but I'm sure I saw a stat online that. Between Scott Carson's last competitive Premier League game and this one, Cristiano Ronaldo has scored more than 350 goals. Yeah, something like that. 325 or something like that. Fucking but madness. Over 300 anyway, but that's crazy. It is, yeah. <laughs> Really puts it into context of how little time Scott Carson gets on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, you can see the three. Um, so yep. I guess a bit rusty, but in, in fairness, though, set pieces. You know, one was a pen, one was from a corner. He say he did save a pen, and then obviously Willock scored from the rebound. But I think generally the um, the lineup, obviously with Carson missing, there was no Stones, there was no Diaz, no Mares, no Foden, no De Bruyne, which we obviously knew about through um, the knock, and we were told about that in the presser, thankfully. But yeah, just. For that lineup to appear and to get such a good game, I think it was a spectacle you know, at the end of the day. And it sounds like um, Man City had had a bit of a party following uh, securing the um, the Premier League title. You know, I think Pep put it mildly of they had a few too many beers and pizzas turned up around midnight, which was the highlight of his night because he needed some food. <laughs> yeah, I saw him saying about like how the British like to drink, um, yeah. whereas uh, obviously he enjoys the food a bit more. Exactly. I mean, I can't imagine that uh, a Domino's pizza was up to his uh, standards. You know, I'm sure that they're used to these mezes and tapas and all that. But yeah, throw me a, a mighty meteora from Domino's any day, mate. I mean, what what pizza would you say Pep Pep would like? What, what you know what? I honestly is? think he's he's very much of a ham and pineapple kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think Pep goes pineapple on a pizza. All right. Good. I reckon he probably just uh, arranges the toppings into formations and, and tries to plan. Well, his wife's like, oh, Pep, give it right. <laughs> Do you reckon he gets extra meatballs just so he's got at least 22 meatballs and he can arrange them on his on his pizza? Yeah, I mean, each time he might rotate them, rotate the toppings, see what, yeah, different it. pizzas. Fucking love it, mate. <laughs> I've got pepperoni, I've got to have that next week. I've already <laughs> had that. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, talking of rotation, obviously, um, Ferran Torres got his opportunity and boy did he take it getting, getting a fucking hat-trick for Man City like, fair play yeah but very very good I mean I saw people calling him a potential Agrero replacement which I think 
is a very big ask, obviously, yeah. and I'm not sure if positionally they're kind of the same player, really. Um, no. Deeper is Torres. Um, but as a young prospect, yeah, he's he's definitely up there as a, one to watch, and he's exciting. Up oh, yeah, for, for his first goal, it was an unbelievable finish. Uh, crossed in from, from the wing, and then, yeah, kind of, you know, the ball's in front of him, flicks it with the outside of his boot behind him, flies in, absolutely flies in. But obviously, like you said about the Aguero placement, do I don't even know if Man City need an Aguero replacement, you know, as a, a striker. Yeah, they've got Gabriel Jesus, but rarely this season have they played with a, a striker anyway. More often than not, it's it's a false nine. And I think players like Ferran Torres fit that bill perfectly. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, I, I think they could do with a striker, so they've got that option to play a different formation or if someone gets injured. But I'd like to see what Torres's price will be next season. Yeah. However, yeah, obviously, whether or not Jack Grealish arrives would kind of... If he doesn't arrive, I'd be more inclined to go for Torres, to be honest. Yeah, I still have an inkling that he does. But financially this summer, I think it's going to be interesting to see which clubs spend and which clubs don't. And whether if one club goes big, will that then, you know, have an impact on, on the rest of them? Um, and obviously the likes of you've got Haaland out in the Bundesliga. Is he going to make a move this summer or will he all hold off until next summer, you know, post Euros and whatnot? Because there's not going to be a lot of time, I guess, between the end of the Euros and then Premier League starting. Obviously, we've seen that before, you know, major competitions where players and teams have been a little bit slow to come back. They've had extra time off. And it could be a genuine concern, you know, if some of these players get, you know, semis, finals, that kind of thing, come back. They've probably only got a week a week off before they have to get right into pre-season. That's a good shout. I hadn't thought of that. And, yeah, potentially we could be seeing these sort of key players that we want in our teams getting rested or not not featuring obviously which would be a disaster if you say you put a 10 million pound player in your team and he's not even no no exactly because um i think bbc have announced obviously that they're partaking in um showing the euros but they're also showing the is it copper america oh are they i I don't know yeah they're showing that simultaneously so obviously that's that's ongoing as well so it's not like, you know, the Brazilians and whatnot are getting a rest this summer. They've got their own major competition. All oh, right. I can't wait to watch that. I'll watch that as well. Yeah, um, no, likewise. The, genuinely, I think on the, on the scheduling, I'm sure BBC have got like five games in one day rotated oh. between starting with a Copa America and then, you know, running through to the Euros. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, sounds good. I thought that is me thinking we're going to have a bit of a break, but we're not, are we? <laughs> no, not really. And it's football at the end of the day, so we're going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, true. Love, love the game. Right, well, um, moving on then for uh, the next game, and it was uh, another goal fest. It was Burnley nil, Leeds 4. Yes, yes, it was. Um, I went heavy on Leeds this week. My minus eight was entirely on Leeds players, uh, bringing in Dallas, Meslier and Bamford. For, for, the, for the minus eight, um, which I guess half paid off. Um, the Bamford third of it was not a uh, not a good uh, not a good third. No. Um, and he's it's happened a couple of times now where he's been dragged off before sixty minutes. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything more frustrating as an FPL manager to see that because you know you've only got one point. You. You hope for the last half an hour is gone. Um, yeah, disappointing. But there's still two more good fixtures to come. However, with the performance off the bench from Rodrigo, it does cause concern for him starting the next game. Yeah, that, I was going to say, it's it's frustrating, obviously, seeing Bamford go off <clears throat> before 60. Even more frustrating seeing his replacement come on and then bag two goals in the, in the final 30 minutes of a game. Obviously, um, Burnley were without Nick Pope. They had Peacock, Farrell and goal. Um, in by Dyke's kind of announcement on the game, it, it seems like Burnley are tiring um, and he may well look to, to rotate, you know, in the final couple of games. Um, and Leeds took full advantage in the final half hour. Burnley just looked absolutely shattered. But with you saying, obviously, um, Rodrigo potentially replacing Bamford, I would have agreed with you until... 
um, the announcement was today that both Click and Cock are being given the final two games off. Um, they're not going to be required. They're kind of getting a bit of a rest before they before they go off to the Euros because of the injuries that they've had this season. So Bielsa basically just said that he doesn't want to put them under any pressure before they go to the Euros. They haven't got a lot to play for. So those two players are going to be given time off between now and then going to their um, respective countries. That could then make a big difference because formation-wise, you know, there's spaces to fill. Does that then mean that you can now accommodate both Rodrigo and Bamford in the same setup? Potentially. Um, but I guess there's no guarantee that um, it dropped Bamford anyway. No. Even with a strong performance from the substitute, um, he may just say him again, bring him off, which would yeah. be almost worse in a way. Cause Could well do. And Rodrigo can play out wide as well. That's that's one of his credits is, you know, he has played out wide a few times this season. So, you know, the tricky thing is, I guess, with um, Harrison obviously playing so well, and then obviously you've got Rafinha out wide. It's accommodating all of these uh, all of these star players at the moment. Yeah, I mean, Harrison was excellent in the game. Um, I brought him in in my Telegraph team uh, just because I didn't have the courage to do it in FPL or Sky. <laughs> Nicely done. But, but yeah, no, um, he's a good player. You just, I just always kind of worry about his minutes because he does sometimes yeah. sort of go on the bench. He does, yeah. I mean, you know, when he's two, on the pitch, though, he's, well, he's excellent. Exactly, two goals and an assist in the game. And this season, I didn't realize he's got eight goals and nine assists so far, and well, he is. He did have a period, uh, looking at the fixtures now, like between game weeks 24 and 31, where he was regularly hooked at halftime. And obviously, I think that put people off. Um, but in the last five game weeks, he started and he's gone past 60 in all five, 90 minutes in four of them. And yeah, finally um, gets his reward with a, a goal and two assists. And I did see that um, Andy Martin, tactician, brought him in for this week. So fair fucking play to him about time. That, that man got some luck. So, yeah, good news for him. Um, I, I did a tweet, I think, saying, "Is like, has anyone got him?" And uh, I was pointing into Andy's direction. Uh, credit to him. Yeah, fantastic. One to keep an eye on for next season if he is starting. Because, yeah, from what we've seen, he's, he's class. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you, you obviously did well bringing in um, both Dallas and um, Meslier. So you got the uh, the double clean sheet there, and I think Meslier even got save point, didn't he? He did, yeah, and um, he was on for one bonus, but that got sort of took off at the end, a couple of hours. Yeah, Kalioski grabbing that. There's the, um, I've not seen anything else about it yet, but there was the incident um, where obviously Alioski went down. Um, I can't remember which Burnley player it is. It might have been Westwood. It was Westwood. Was it Westwood? Goes up to him, berates him a little bit, and then Alioski kind of, stands up, sticks his tongue out, does the old, you know, wagging the, the fingers out of the ears kind of gesture. Um, and then after that, both both captains were spoken to. Um, and the ref, you know, stopped the game, went over, spoke to the managers. And Dyke said at the end of the game that there was a complaint made by one of his players, but he wouldn't go into it. Um, and he'd let the FA deal with it. I, just from watching the incident on Match of the Day again, I wonder if the complaint was about that gesture because they kind of focus in on it. Um, wasn't it with Rafinha or am I thinking of a different incident? You know where Rafinha got fouled and then Westwood went over to him for like going down too easily and rolling too much? No. Um, the one, it, the moment I'm thinking of is the one with Alioski because match of the day then showed that he, he kind of stands up because he's gone down. And I mean, it was, it was a foul, but it wasn't as bad as it was. And he stands yeah. up and he sticks his tongue out at him um, and then about 20 seconds later, he literally goes like this, like, all right. Yeah. And the camera focused on match of the day. So I, because of that, I'm wondering if they're assuming that that's the reason for the complaint, but they, they wouldn't say, so it could very well be, you know, the Rafinha moment and what Westwood is saying, but it sounds like it's a Burnley player that has made the complaint to the referee. So nothing else has come out about it, which, yeah. you know, may, maybe it's been swept under the carpet. Maybe it's, not what it was in the ref kind of you know the referee's report but worth worth keeping an eye on 
Yeah, and I guess Burnley very much now kind of on the beach and potentially one to target. Obviously, they're absolutely. I think they've cut. Starch has come out and said that um, along the lines of like, don't don't worry about the last couple of games. Don't tie yourself out too much, kind of. So, which um, which bodes very well for Liverpool, you know, given that they play Burnley away in the next game. So. Yes, yes, it does. It's a shame. Um, obviously, um, Jota won't feature, but maybe some some will be going for that Salah Mane double up. Yeah, oh, wouldn't surprise me. I'd uh, I'd be on that if I could afford it. Right, moving on then, and um, another brilliant win. To be fair, it was Southampton three, Fulham one. Yeah, very happy with this one. Um, great performance from Nathan Teller. Yeah. Oh, fair fucking play to the lad. Getting his finally getting his first goal for the club. Yeah, first goal, um, great assist, um, played very well and um, very much largely down to the reason for us getting three points. And it's good to see some young players again coming through the system that that, that we're sort of known for. Um, And obviously Che Adams as well, he's been doing relatively well recently. Yeah, no, playing particularly well and obviously... I think that's also partially down to the return of um, Danny Ings, because you know he he plays well, particularly well um, when Ings is about, and um, just just looks full of confidence. And I think that bodes well for the Euros. Obviously, still feels weird, but yeah, for Adams, obviously going away to the Euros with Scotland, um, I think he's probably trying to go in with a bit of better confidence, a bit of form behind himself, and yeah, once again got himself on the score sheet. Yeah, I could see him scoring for Scotland in the Euros. Um, might even get a few. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, excellent performance from Saints. Uh, Fulham, obviously, very much down. But goal for Carvalho. Uh, first first goal for him, which yep. was uh, impressive. No, uh, exactly. And obviously, talking of first goals, um, Theo Walcott finally scored at St Mary's this season. Yeah, yes, he did. Um, glad to see him sort of back in the fold. Uh, yeah. Obviously, McCarthy came back in too. Hassan um, Hootle, true to his word. So you, you can expect McCarthy to play the next game as well. Yep. And then, yeah, um, yeah. Yes. Fraser Forster, sure. obviously. Um, for the last. Yeah, Forster for the last. So that, that'll be uh, one to keep an eye on. Obviously, if you've got him, then it's, it's still an option there. And the other talking point was um, Danny Ings being brought off um, just after the 60-minute mark. But then Ralph came out at the end of the game and, you know, put to bed any injury concerns, but basically just said that the head of physio had had a word with him and said, look, we have to treat him with caution, so don't don't be playing him more than, than 60 minutes in this game, particularly if you want him to then play against such a high-intensity team like Leeds, you know, this week. So I think it's it's only right, and to be fair, I wouldn't, I'd expect Ings to start tomorrow against Leeds, but I'm not expecting him to finish the game again. No, neither am I. Um, I'm quite looking forward to that game. I'm, I have no idea what to expect, really. Yeah, I am so... Because I think we're both... I'm human with these six o'clock kickoffs because, obviously, being a season ticket holder, I, I've got word that um, I could get a ticket for this game. Um, I had to wait because obviously I got a ticket to the Sheffield United game. So it was going to all the other season ticket holders that hadn't had a chance to go to a home game this season. You know, the one home game that we got to go to. Um, but there were still tickets available when it got to my my ballot. But I can't make it because if you finish and work at five half five and living an hour away, I can't get to the ground for six o'clock. So I'm a bit gutted about that because, you know, Home fans being there, there's probably about six to eight thousand people turning up, and I'm just a bit frustrated at the fact that this six o'clock kickoff midweek was uh, was brought because I just I can't turn around given how busy I am to say look I've got to leave early or finish early because I've got to go to the football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that'd be good, but yeah, very early kickoff time. Yeah, disappointing, but um, I'm hoping that these fucking early kickoffs fuck off for next season because I'm renewing my season ticket and six o'clock when you're over an hour away is impossible. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, let's hope not. Right, moving on then to uh, the Saturday evening game and um, a really tight affair. It was Brighton 1, West Ham 1. 
a great goal for Benarama. Um, another uh, a start for Benarama and another goal. Um, he got one a couple of games ago and he's always looked great when he's come off the bench, but I think he just needs to have that time to, to perform, to showcase what he can do. And hopefully we'll see more of him uh, next season. Agreed. Um, this was his first goal for West Ham. Was it? Yeah. Um, I must be thinking of an assist. Yeah, he got he got an assist. Yeah, no, no, assist goal. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm picking him up. To be fair, <laughs> about time he scored because the amount of chances that man's had. Yeah, fair play to him. Um, but yeah, a good performance for him and Brighton a tough team to play against. And yeah, he got bonus, obviously. Welbeck, I mean, Welbeck keeps scoring. It's uh, He's on six goals for the season. Um, not bad. Well, well, considering he didn't play half of it, I think that's not that's not too bad. He's yeah, got and assisted six. by a lad called Percy Tau, who I've never heard of. Um, seemingly brought into FPL, at least in game week 18, when he got a start. 67 minutes, played in game week 19 and then disappeared entirely until now. So, uh, yeah, young lad got the assist. Interesting looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looks looks a lot older in that FPL photo than essentially what he is. Yeah, they're not doing him justice there, bless him. <laughs> not at all. But a game, to be fair, I think bereft of chances to there wasn't a lot particularly going on. Once again, um, Antonio and Lingard not not playing, or not playing particularly well. Um, didn't really create any chances. So it is what it is. I think a lot of us expected this game to be quite tight anyway, even without Lewis Dunk. So yeah, yeah, Lingard's been obviously massively disappointing uh, recently. But with the, the the fixtures they've got coming up, like I just can't I can't get rid of him, especially when like there's more important things for me to be doing to my team. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I'm on the I'm on the double up of both Antonio and Lingard, and with West Brom and Southampton, the final two games, um, I'm expecting returns, but we'll have to see. They're obviously fighting for that Europa League spot now. I think Champions League's gone for them. So um, two big games, and if they get two wins, they get Europa League football next season. Yeah, true. And I guess it's worth mentioning that Antonio blanked in this game. There was a big debate in the community. The, a big debate that I had um, for my move was Antonio or Bamford. And in the end, they both they both did nothing. Obviously, Antonio got up. I think he didn't get booked, so he got one yeah. more point. Yeah. But yeah, both very disappointing. From Yeah, what, what I think they were probably the, the two most sought-after forwards um, this week. And yeah, neither performed, but... In fairness, not not many well-owned players performed, aside from you know your big shots like Sal and Kane. So I think it was one of those weeks. But talking of a player that um, has been incredibly consistent recently, and no one seems to be bringing him in. It's Crystal Palace three, Aston Villa two. Yeah, Eze has been playing very well recently. Two two assists. Um, and obviously, the big man up top, Ben Teke. That's the man. <laughs> Another goal. Oh, is it? Three, three goals in a row now. He's on nine for the season. Can he get to double figures? Quite possibly. Yeah, I mean, now, you if you see him in someone's team, you don't actually laugh. You, uh, <laughs> kind of, you think, oh, that's a good pick. Whereas in the past, you would laugh. If someone had Ben Teke, you'd be like, what the fuck have you got Ben Teke for? He's scored about two in about 30 games. Oh, I know. Tell me about it. Well, no credit to man. He's uh, coming back. He is, yeah. And um, I think, to be fair, he took full advantage of the fact that Tyrone Mings missed out for Aston Villa. Um, I don't think Courtney Howes dealt with him particularly well. Um, and Palace just, they started pretty poorly and then they just grew into the game. And the amount of chances that they had was unbelievable, particularly in the second half. Zaha and Eze were causing them all sorts of trouble. And um, with El Mohamedy um, obviously playing right back rather than Matty Cash, they really targeted him in the second half. Um, and 
you know, it paid off at the end. They, they got got the three goals and uh, another player that not many people own, and if they did, probably on the bench, it was uh, Mitchell, who obviously got himself a, a goal and an assist in this game. Yeah, massive points total for him. At 13 points and he's, what, 3.8 million? That's, yeah. that's value for you, that is. Um, kind of annoying to see that as a Ward owner. So I've got Ward, the other Palace cheapie at 4.3. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fair play to any, any of you that's A, owned him and then B, started him. Yeah, well, particularly when um, was it the Man City game that he came in for, for Patrick Van Arnholt and uh, he's played ever since. And I also think it's probably partly to do with the fact that Van Arnholt is one of many of those players that we spoke about on the last pod that contract is up in the summer. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if that's the reason why Mitchell is is now being played. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that. Right, then, um, next game. And uh, how this game only finished 2-0, I have no idea. It was Spurs to Wolves nil. Yeah, how Harry Kane only scored one. I mean, he hit, he hit the post twice. Um, could, it could have scored more. Um one thing I did sort of consider is the now with Bale playing and Bale taking set pieces, I feel like it's reduced a bit of Kane's potential sort of threat because Kane has been known to to take a free kick and score like close closer free kicks in and around the box. Yeah, um, although I, I much prefer Bale taking them. Like I I can't remember the last time Kane scored a brilliant free kick. He no, seems, to, he seems to step up a lot and take them, but I'm sure the last two or three times that I've seen Kane hit a free kick recently, anyway, he's hit the wall. Whereas you know Bale is power, the way he strikes a ball, I think you know could potentially then, depending on if Kane is the one that stood next to him, you know, is the the dummy to take the free kick. If Kane isn't and he's closer to the wall, he could easily take advantage of rebounds because the way that Bale hits a ball, it's very difficult for a goalkeeper to to catch. I think more often than not, they have to parry it away. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Or, yeah, obviously get a corner from it. And obviously Kane's pretty good, pretty strong from corners. But, yeah, no, very, a very good performance from, from Spurs. And... I think I think Gary Neville named uh, Connor Cody the man of the match for this game, which was Fucking a bit. Joke. Which Honestly, was a bit yeah. I Absolutely. mean, I own him in FPL, but um, I don't think uh, his man of the match uh, converts the points in FPL. But uh... he he, effect, he essentially named three man of the matches because he didn't give a shit. So he initially, yeah. initially named Connor Cody, and then he was like, oh, "People just tweet me." So then they mentioned Deli Alley, and then people were tweeting about. Hoiberg, and arguably Hoiberg, in my opinion, should have had man of the match. He got a goal and assist and played particularly well. But no, they gave it to Connor Cody, which is baffling. Yeah, he had, you know, a decent performance, but he was at fault for um, Kane's goal, you know, positionally between him and Roman size, they got it wrong. Um, and he was on, you know, a losing team. He nowhere near the bonus points in FPL. And it's just another one of these things that, the man of the match, particularly when it has an impact in Sky, like the Sky game, and more often than not, the reporter will go with what the commentator has said for the Sky game. It's just stupid. Like, Connor Cody did not deserve to get man of the match. For the Sky FF game, give it to Cody. Yeah. They, they actually did. All yeah. oh, right. Fucking They gave it to Connor Cody. Like, what about fucking Hoiberg? Well, <laughs> the irony is that Someone found Gary Neville's Sky team, and he brought in Hoiberg this week. So yes, he didn't. Why did it, Why didn't he? Why didn't he give him a fucking man of the match? I'll be doing it every week. My players uh, get a bit suspicious um, when, obviously, you do a pick like Cody. But yeah, no, um, very strange. But a strong performance from Spurs, and only two players that uh, really impressed for Wolves were Patricio and Traore. Traore. First for puppets, um, but Fabio Silva couldn't can finish them. No, no, exactly. I think that was a, a real problem. And um, Wolves have just looked poor in the last couple of games, and I don't expect them to improve between now and the end of the season, to be honest. 
No, no, and I'm even worried for for next season. They, I feel like their style has kind of been lost. They had a very clear style the first season they came up, and this season it's just. I think he's just trying different things. Yeah, and I know they've obviously been hit by injury. You know, Jimenez was a, a huge loss, um, and then the fact that they've they've lost Pedro Neto, and also. Yeah, and you say that, obviously, Jimenez has missed out through injury um, this season. Neto has missed out through injury. Uh, I think Podence was out for this game as well. None of them are likely to feature again this season. So he has had his problems, but at the same time, yeah, I think the system that they've been playing hasn't particularly worked. Um, And I just don't think they've been great. Nowhere near what they should have been. No, very much so. Um... On to now the game at the Hawthorns, where it was West Brom 1, Liverpool 2. What an end to this game. Honestly, I hate Liverpool. Well, I don't hate them, but I don't particularly like Liverpool. And Alisson getting the winner. Unbelievable. Just, I've never shouted at my phone so much for a for a goal, but just to see a goalkeeper go live, it was unbelievable. Uh, you, you love to see it, don't you? Like, I think that's that's one of the great things about football, like that a goalkeeper can go up for a corner and actually score. Um, brilliant header as well. Oh, stunning. Just the, the moment watching him run up, you're like, oh, here he goes, here he goes. Right on his head. Bang. Top corner. Stunning finish. And you even got the assist for it, you bastard. I did, yeah. I actually thought it was Robertson taking the corner. And then um, it wasn't until I'd seen him there on FPL that Brent got the got the assist. Absolutely buzzing. Yeah, um, yeah I bet. Uh, obviously, Salah. Salah goal. Captaincy for you. Owner for me. Um, thankfully, the West Brom scored. I don't own any Liverpool defenders. Uh, Robson Carney still knocking about. Uh, I remember when he had that amazing Euros, I think it was, for Wales. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, credit to him. He's, yeah, he's still knocking about. Uh, Pereira assists, uh, ever-present this season with his performances. He's going to have to move to someone you think. He's too yeah. good for the championship, in my opinion. Um, him and Sam Johnson, I think, are guaranteed to go in the summer. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where they go as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think Pereira is one of those players that I actually regret not owning at all this season because he's been so consistent. And we seem to mention his name a lot on this podcast, particularly in the last six game weeks. So just a bit disappointed I didn't really gamble and go there. Exactly. But this result then means that Liverpool have something to fight for. Um, Had Alisson not scored, I think Champions League had all but over. Um, for Liverpool so obviously that, that goal could be huge obviously both in terms of their qualification but in terms of FPL points as well because now are these final two games you know with obviously Mo Salah competing for the golden boot as well I think Liverpool are still going to be right up for it whereas they may well have gone into the next game against Burnley and obviously the final game of the season a little bit downbeat to be honest Yeah no that is it's good news for us FPL players having them with something to play for, because there's a lot of teams that now don't have anything to play for. So it's, I guess, about picking those right Liverpool assets that you fancy for the next two, uh, be it Salah, Alexander-Arnold, Robertson, uh, even Phillips on a budget. Yeah, there's there's some good options there. There are, yeah, definitely. Right, and then moving on to um, Liverpool's neighbours, obviously... Everton in a game in which a lot of people targeted both defensively and offensively, but it ended up Everton nil, Sheffield United won. Yeah, a bit of a shock result this one, and a uh, shock first goal scorer. Credit to the lads, Jebison, for a great, great first goal. He was there, alert, and uh, slotted it in, and scores uh, one goal in what was about five minutes five of minutes. play. And you got Brewster, who's played. Over 20-odd games. Like, uh, it's, it's, it's madness. Yeah, oh, it was hilarious and brilliant to see, obviously, for the, the young ladies, what, 17? To see mm. him get a Premier League goal, it's, it's madness. And he should have had a second. 
He was um, put through by a mistake by Holgate, you know, really poor back pass. Um, Jebison runs through and I think a little bit of an experience. Um, he then tried to effectively lob Pickford, who was um, coming out of him from, you know, the 18-yard box. Pickford knew exactly what he was going to do, stood up, made the save, but had he had a little bit more experience, a little bit more time, you know, should have probably slotted it either side of him, to be honest. And it would have been 2-0 and the perfect debut. Yeah, fair play to him for trying it. It's quite an audacious thing to do on your on your yeah. debut. You can, you can but, certainly um, have the confidence, that's for sure. Yeah, he had the goal behind him, so so why not? I mean, he'd have been on cloud nine if he uh, managed to pull that chip off. But you have a very good play to have going into to next season. Obviously, they'll be in the championship, but I can imagine him doing some damage in the championship next season. Obviously, we've yeah. only seen seen ninety minutes of him, but he, he looked good. Well, exactly. Um, I just hope, obviously, you've got David McGoldrick there, who had a brilliant game. And he's got such a professional head on him that I really hope a player like him could potentially help the likes of Jebberton and Brewster, you know, develop a bit further in, in the championship. And I think he's going to be key to, to how they get on next year, because even if McGoldrick doesn't start every game for them in the championship, just to have that experience in the dressing room and on the training ground for, for these young forwards coming through, I think it's going to be ideal. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. He's very experienced and he knows the championship well as well. He's uh, scored a lot of goals in the championship, for, be it for Forest, be it for Ipswich, even Saints. Um, I mean, during the game, he was compared to Zidane by Keogh. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I was like, Okay, fair enough. <laughs> he does have some nice touches, though, does um, does McGoldrick. He but... does, he does. Yeah, maybe he's Nottingham Zidane. Quite possibly. I mean, yeah. I mean, no doubt someone has showed him that clip and it's probably gone to his head. But, uh, yeah, fair play to him. There was the moment um, which I particularly enjoyed. I think it was McGoldrick making a slide tackle in the far corner, like, to prevent a corner for Everton. And it just shows the commitment to the cause to keep it 1-0. Like, fair play to the lad. Yeah, well, you see that like Bastion. I think Bastion got booked, but I think he won the ball. In my yeah, so do I. Yeah, I, I thought he kind of won the ball as well. There was there was a few tasty moments in the game. Yeah. I think in the championship that might not even get given as a foul. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. And I mean, the weather was atrocious as well. Yeah, yeah, they've got to account for that. Like, there's going to be a bit of an extra slide, a bit of it's a bit harder to judge. Yeah, no, for sure. But Everton were lackluster, slow. BCL obviously never really got involved in the game um, and quite a few people punted on him, you know, captained him, arguably really good captaincy shout, but Everton were just poor and continue to be incredibly poor at home this season, which is really, really strange compared to last season. I think it was the opposite. They were poor away and brilliant at home, but it's, it's really turned this season and um, Ancelotti just doesn't seem to have found a solution to it. No, no, he hasn't. Um, I think they, yeah, they're going to really need to strengthen their defence in the next season. Uh, like, got Coleman's ageing. Um, obviously, you've got Keane, who's not too old. He's fairly fairly young. But, yeah, they've not kept enough clean sheets this season. No, not at all. Not at all. And um, I think if they miss out on Europe, they, they might get the Europa Conference, which I think is a joke of a competition anyway. But, you know, they may well find themselves in that. Whether they want to be in it, I'm not so sure. But we'll have to see. So, um, sticking with FPL then, how did you get on this week? Not too great. Um, so, that's 48 points before my minus eight. So, I guess that takes it right down to 40. Um, a rank drop of about 30, 31k down to 341k. Uh, yeah, it's not It's not. Not a pretty end to the season for me. Um, seven points for Messier, six for Dallas, ten for Salah. The captaincy for Kane got me eight, doubled to sixteen. But yeah, the zeros for Ward and Jota are what kind of stand out for me. Mm, and right. the one for Bamford, of course. Frustrating, definitely frustrating. Um, I had a reasonable week. Um, fifty-six minus four. So I can't really complain. Obviously, Trent and Dallas doing well. Rafinha with the assist. And yes, Salah captaincy, getting me 20 points. And then um, came with his eight. So I saw a 5K rank rise uh, back up to 56K. And the target is still to hopefully get my PB 
um, beating 40k, but I think it's going to be quite tricky unless um, I have a huge game week this week. So we'll have to wait and see. But I've already made my move this week. Oh, who is it? So Jota out, given the uh, the news, and um, I'm taking a gamble. I mean, I say a gamble. It's been talked about a lot in the community anyway. But I've gone with Greenwood. Ah, I was hoping you'd do something more interesting because <laughs> I knew you've got uh, you've already got Rafinha, so I thought the obvious other pick is uh, Greenwood. Yeah, I, I was very very tempted to go so maximum, given the fixtures that Newcastle have got, but. Without Callum Wilton, I decided against it. And yeah, I've, I've gone with Greenwood. Mainly also because I don't think Greenwood starts in the Europa League final. Um, I think he'll go with Cavani and then obviously Bruno, Rashford um, behind him. So I have a feeling Greenwood might see minutes in both the next two games. Whereas there's obviously a risk. I'll say a risk. A lot of people are speculating that Bruno could potentially be one that misses out against Wolves last game of the season because they play the Wednesday after um, for the Europa League final. So I might even take a punt and remove Bruno for the last game of the season and then take a gamble on on a wild shot. But we'll have to wait and see. Fair play. Um, I think I've just it's just dawned on me myself. I can't do the obvious move of Jota to Rafinha because I already have three leads. Oh, oh you do, don't you? Yeah, so I'm kind of forced into either Greenwood or someone else. So I've not I've not uh, thought about it too much already, um, but I'm going to have to because the de- the deadline's tomorrow. Yeah, it is. I know. Thirty Greenwich Mean Time, um, which is a really weird, annoying time for people. There'll be people oh, panicking at work, saying, "Yeah, I'm locked in my team." Yeah, I'll, I'll be one of them tomorrow. Actually, I'm getting the bloody, I'm getting the jab. I'm getting the COVID jab at 3 p.m. So uh, I'm, I'm doubly going to have to make sure I've uh, done early. That's partly the reason why I've locked in now because I have meetings on a Tuesday, and um, I know that full well it will overrun, and I just won't lock in. Oh god, that I'd hate that. I'd have to suddenly need the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> mate, should we jump on the sky then, mate? Yeah, let's do it. So. Um, an okay week for me, uh, probably less than what you've got, but 45 points in team one and 55 in team two. Uh, Hoiberg getting me 16 points. Kane captaincy on 20, Salah 10. Um, not too bad. Uh, I think I've stayed the same, like 2.6K. Um, obviously, it's, it is my first season in Sky. Um, and my, my, my first team, team one is in 7k so that's even worse but I'm, I'm enjoying the game i'm loving the format and i'm looking forward to to sort of getting stuck into it next season to be honest yeah good man i, I fully expect you to do a lot better next season i think now we've got the grips with it and you know the odd captains who've been missed and stuff but um yeah i think you know given you love your spreadsheets as well uh i think there's no reason why you shouldn't be um aiming a lot higher next season um it's actually been a really good week for me Partly down to the fact that I kind of got lucky on um, Friday. So, obviously, Man City coverage. A lot of people either had Diash or Edison. Neither obviously played. I've held on to Gundogan for, stupidly, for throughout. You know, he's missed games. He's had poor performances. Hasn't really returned. But he was my only captain option. So, I captained him and he got me 20 points. So, I, I can't complain about that. Whereas people were either having a skip it or, you know, make another transfer for Ferran Torres or Cancelo. A few people went on like Carl Walker, for instance, didn't get a return, you know, conceding, conceding three goals. So, yeah, that, that set me up really nicely. And I'm on um, 76 points for the week. So I can't complain. And up to 47th. So fingers crossed that, that top 100 um, is there. But I can't count me chickens just yet because there's still obviously... Um, Two game weeks in FPL left. And then obviously, yeah, you've got the week's worth of fixtures this week. Um, in terms of captaincies, obviously we've got Tuesday and Wednesday fixtures this week, don't we? For yep. the for the Tuesday night game, do you think Bruno is the standout option? Yes. Yeah, agreed. I, I don't think you should be moving anywhere other than Bruno. If you really want to take a gamble in a mini league, cash league, where you're chasing, you know, they'll be on Bruno. Maybe 
that Leeds Southampton game, I'm expecting it to have goals. So, you know, the likes of Rafinha, Danny Ings could be good options. But yeah, for me, Bruno all day long, I'm expecting him to to go big and Bruno will be my captain in FPL as well. Yeah, probably likewise for me. Uh, on the Wednesday, though, arguably tougher. So you've got six games there. Who do you think's the standout option? Obviously, you've got Tottenham Villa, Liverpool Burnley, West Ham West Brom. I'd say maybe Harry Kane against Aston Villa. Aston Villa haven't been that good recently. Agreed. I'm probably going to edge toward Harry Kane. Also on the basis that you get to see the team sheets for the early kickoffs. I can't see Mo Salah missing out against Burnley. But I'm expecting Tottenham with the home crowd behind them because obviously we get crowds for this game week and for next week for the home teams. I'm expecting Tottenham to do particularly well against Aston Villa. And yeah, given Harry Kane probably should have had a hat-trick at the weekend, still fighting for that golden boot. I'm expecting him to get a couple of goals this week. Yeah, as am I. Lovely stuff. Right, let's move on then to um, the game that we all love. And uh, we never really moan about it unless we get a shocking score. But it's um, Fantasy Champ Man. How did you get on last week, mate? I did okay. Um, I got 64 points, um, largely down to Larson, RVN and Southgate. I'm very happy with that because two of those players were my minus four. So Larson and Southgate. Um, Southgate was a beautiful pick, mate. Oh, yeah, it went perfectly, obviously, Um, for him. Raging. I took him out for fucking hippier three weeks ago. (laughs) <laughs> and then obviously Hippie missed out so then I brought in Ashley Cole had I just stuck with Southgate I'd be so much better off yeah yeah you would have been um, I was surprised um, that you actually got rid of him because he's been he's been great this season um, obviously I think he did didn't he rep or what wasn't it the, the reason or yeah um, but um, disappointing for Dublin he went off early and Doherty obviously Lost his clean sheets, but yeah, my team, my team's done okay, and we're I've got a green arrow up to three hundred and fifty nine. I'm still uh, quite far behind everyone else, but thoroughly enjoying the game on a Thursday. Yeah, it's not not bad at all. Um, you did a bit better than me this week. I got fifty eight. Um, finally played the right goalkeeper, which was nice. So UC got seven, Sullivan got one. Um. Real annoyance was the fact that Galley is sat on the bench with a clean sheet when both Unsworth and Doherty got one point each. So that was a bit of a kick in the teeth. And I even had Galley first on my bench as well. So he was ready just in case someone missed out. <laughs> Didn't happen. Um, that, that was a bit annoying. And to be fair, I had a one place drop. So I've dropped from 126th to 127th this week, which uh, I'll take it. I'm still really struggling to um, break into that top 100. But Still have a lot of chips left. Still got my wild card. Still got my second free hit. Still got bench boost. And I've still got triple captain. So I'm hoping I could take advantage of those moving forward. But we'll have to wait and see. I've still got all my chips left other than the first wild card and a free hit. So I've still got my second free hit, second wild card, bench boost and triple captain. I'm really hoping to take advantage of those over the next few weeks. In terms of um, nice, in terms of the leak, obviously we, we've had the uh, the leak this week, and um, kindly, you know, FPL Panda Rob Pick is uh, set it out quite nicely. So it's really easy to read, but I'll give it a quick rundown in case people haven't seen it on the chat. Man, you've got your Ipswich forwards, Doherty and Armstrong start up front. Happy days. Man United midfield is Giggsy, Veron, Keane and Chadwick. So, so Chadders obviously once again gets a start. Um, forwards for Sunderland, as expected, it's Libra and Phillips. Villa's defence, pretty much as expected, it's Barry, Alpi, Melberg and Mills. Arsenal's midfield, which could go big against Derby this week. Perez, Van Bronckhorst, Parler and Freddie Jumberg. So people on, you know, have been gambling on Freddie and obviously missed out a couple of times he starts. Janssen and Bent start up up front for Blackburn, which probably means that Ronald De Boer starts out wide. Um, Liverpool's midfield, shocking. 
Berger, Carragher, Biscan, and Danny Murphy. So that's that's an interesting one. Um, Everton defensively, it's Amundworth, Stubbs, Weir, McAteer, and Pembridge. Lead midfield, Kuehl, Keane is attacking midfielder, and Bowyer, and then it's Wallace and Ramberg for, for Bolton up front. So nothing really particularly stand out other than confirming the fact that, you know, the likes of Gary Doherty starts out of position. So I'll be playing him. And um, yeah, as I said, I've made my move. I've taken out the injured Emerson home and I've used the extra million in the bank. And I have brought in Ricardo Gardner at home to Millwall. Yeah, that's a very decent transfer. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be benching Tome or taking him out. How, how bad's the injury? Um, I can't actually remember, to be honest, because I've already taken him out of my team. I have a feeling he's out for at least a couple of weeks. A game week 30, so, okay, just, so yeah. just two weeks. So I might, yeah. I, might, I might get away with benching him. You probably will, to be fair. If he can fit third on your bench, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't. So sticking with chat, man, um, <laughs> we've got one question in this week. Obviously, the uh, the quick turnaround. Um, a lot of people probably aren't necessarily focused on uh, questions for pods when they're busy panicking about what they're going to do with their own teams. But FPL Buddy has been kind enough to send us in a question. And the question reads, replacement suggestions for Gravison and Redknapp in Champman. Ooh, uh, what price point's that? That's about 5.5, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not sure why you'd uh, get rid of Gravison, personally. Um, Everton actually looked particularly good in Sim Data this week. And uh, Gravison yeah, not... featured on the Sim Data as well. Yeah, they've got a, an okay fixture of Derby against Everton, not the away at Derby the following week. So maybe I'd not replace him just yet. No, exactly. And depending on if you've got half a million in the bank, um, to go from Jamie Redknapp, you could potentially look to, to jump up to Freddie Jumberg, Um, now that we know that he's starting. Obviously, um, wingers against Derby seem to perform particularly well. And obviously, with Jumberg out there, I think that could be a, a good, cheap option. Obviously, he doesn't always get game time, but um, when he does, he tends to perform pretty well. So he, he could be a, an alternative for you, buddy. Other than that, it's a good shout. I think it's tricky otherwise. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say those two. I don't know why you wouldn't keep Graviton for this game and maybe gamble on um, Freddie Jumberg. Right. Well, um, I think that dropped the uh, the pod to an end. Um, apologies in advance if there's been a little bit of uh, technical difficulties at all in it. We'll try and edit things out, but my internet has been fucking shit today. And uh, I, I feel a bit like FPL mode on a Chapman stream. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, we had to tether his phone at one point. So uh, apologies, everyone. But it's, genuinely it's been great did. fun anyway. Genuinely had to use my phone data to keep this laptop running. Madness. But uh, we'll end it there. And um, good luck for the game week, everyone. Uh, it's a goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Cheers, guys.